0: Sure. Well, I think we should introduce ourselves. All right. As I'm going to introduce myself, Brad Amesbury with Park City Ski Boot, veteran boot fitter over 40 years of experience, also certified pedorthist. And we also have uh, Peter Englert here. If he'd like to introduce himself.
1: Yeah, sure, Peter Englert. I've been. Uh, hopefully, my new exam date is. Uh... December fifth, but I still haven't studied. So hopefully I'll be a certified podiatrist <laughs> after that. But um, I don't know. I might freeze and flunk the test and have to take it two or three times, like most of the lawyers do at the bar.
2: Yeah, there uh, you go.
1: Stamps. But I've been right. fitting boots since the uh, you know early eighties. Uh, you know, back then it was kind of like a little bit. It's not, not what we're doing today, but uh, really around the two thousands, we really got into boot fitting making custom footbeds, doing a lot of stretching, doing a lot of race fitting. You know, things have really improved since the, uh, the I would call them more the dark ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I currently work at Alpine Options at Sugarbush, in Sugarbush, Vermont. I've been there. It's, it's kind of, time flies. I've been there. This is my ninth season. And I really love living in Vermont, being close to the slopes and all the, uh, all the wonderful activities
2: mm-hmm. Vermont has to offer. Good.
0: And we've got Dana Hamm on board here.
2: And truly a product of the dark ages, Peter. I started yes. fitting boots in the 70s, and it's a completely different different game today by, by a lot. We abused a lot of feet over the years, and we figured out how to do it right. And uh, I think today we have a really good handle on how to make people comfortable and happy, how to give them the performance they are looking for. And it's certainly helped by the fact that the manufacturers have in the past 15 years or so come around to making a much better product, much better materials, much better products, much better fit. Um, It's not necessarily by itself making the job easier, but it's helping us make people a lot happier.
1: Yeah, I mean, boots have really changed, right? Not to just jump in here. But, I mean, boots have changed. It used to be you would go to a certain manufacturer for a certain shape or width, and certain brands were known to be wider or narrower or stay away from this, stay away from that. And now all the brands are offering a you know full range of uh, shapes and fits and stuff. It's made, made it a lot easier.
0: Yeah. I mean, there... the evolution of boots is, is tremendous from when I started in, in the, the late 70s, early 80s, um it was i agree with you there was definitely this concept that if you you bought a lang you had a narrow foot or you had a wide foot you might go with some of the brand like a Koflack, which is a brand that no longer exists but you know the austrian brands were generally wider the italian were narrower um it it was like a it was just a, a brand equal equal to a certain fit and that's really not the case today
2: yeah it's the reason Nordica became the number one boot because they were the most middle of the road fit, and they fit the most feet without causing a lot of pain. And to this day, a skier in his fifties has got an opinion about Lang is on one end of the spectrum or the other. I love Lang, or I hate Lang. I'm never putting one on my foot again because, you know, in that era when the Mayer brothers were killing it on the World Cup, you had people with big fat feet coming in saying, "I want that boot," and they just were not going to be happy with it.
0: Yeah. It, and the, and the, the thing is we're talking about tonight is is that selection process. And even though um, boots have come a long way, um, the errors that customers make, you know, this is the time of year where customers are going out getting prepared for the season. And the message that the, the ski boot is the best, I mean, is the most important uh, pit of uh, – piece of kit, right? Like this is the most important thing in your kit has definitely been delivered and it's been gotten across. But I see mistakes over and over again uh, where people go out and try to just buy something off a rack or off the internet and they inevitably get the wrong size. Right, guys? I mean, like we see it over and over and over every day as we're boot fitters in the field and somebody brings a boot to you and you just see – it's a one to two sizes too big and you're like, wow, you know, this is not
1: going to work for you. Yeah. I mean, I I travel up and down the East coast doing the training for boot doc, and there are a lot of good shops everywhere, but there are also a lot of shops that, yeah, you know, I, I go, where are your LV boots? They go, we don't see an LV customer, low volume. That means low volume, narrow foot, narrow ankles, smaller rear foot. And they they don't stock boots for that that person. They go, we don't see those people, and I'm like, well, it's because you don't measure for those people. They're out there, you know. Up in, up in Vermont, we see them. Uh, so obviously, and they they're traveling all the way up the East Coast to go ski at Sugarbush where I work. So obviously, they're out there, but there's kind of like this disconnect. So uh, I don't know where were we going
2: with this? You know, that's well, one that I, I, the, I, I think the message the message to the consumer is simply this. <laughs> If you expect to buy a boot in a mass environment, if you're going to a boot slinger, which is a shop that's going to allow you to come in and say, hey, can I try this on in a 27? And they just go get the boot for you. That's not the shop you want to be in. If you walk into my shop and ask me to try a boot on in a 27, I'm going to have a conversation about why you can't, number one. The answer is no, you can't. Not until I look at your feet and measure (laughs) your feet and understand what your feet are about. I'm a professional. I don't have a lot of time to waste. You're a professional. I respect your time. You don't have a lot of time to waste. Let's not talk about brand or the boot that your buddy recommended to you. Let's talk about the one that's the right one for your feet. And you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that conversation from a shop that is just slinging boots, a shop that is just mass. They're looking to make this sale as quick as possible. And get you out the door. You know, I mean, they're not trying to do you a disservice. They'll they'll sell you anything you want to buy. The difference is you don't really know what you want to buy until you've had your feet really well examined and understood, and somebody is giving you some direction in terms of what kind of boot you need to be in.
0: But, but also, yeah, it, like it, it, on the internet, right? Like people go out and they just say, "Hey, I'm going to buy a boot," and then they just think in what I call the shoe brain, which is you buy a size nine or size ten shoe, and then you're thinking, well. That must be my ski boot size right here it says it's a 9.5 and you hit the buy it now button and you end up with a boot that inevitably it's too big for you because ski boot sizing is nowhere near shoe sizing it's a completely different animal
1: yeah right I mean ski boot sizing is the length of your foot more or less right uh, as far as size goes and then you have to take into other considerations, you know, rear foot volume. Everyone gets so fixated on the width of the foot, you know. And that that's a big thing we see where I work. Again, up at Sugarbush, we get a lot of people up from the Boston area. They go to a shop. Maybe they didn't do all the measurements. They kind of shortcut it in the, in the fitter, and in the, in the customer fixates on the width of their foot. You know, they put the boot on out of the box, and, my God, something touches my foot, you know. This this is wrong. And then they, you know, they uh, make the person bring a bigger boot or wider boot or whatever instead of, you know, taking their time and and getting it right.
0: Yeah. Unlike a shoe, you want the boot to touch your foot, right? Like you get a shoe, and if it's touching your foot too much all over, it's the wrong size of shoe. But in a ski boot, you want it to touch your foot everywhere, including your toes when you first put it on. And there's where the, where the, the slippery slope starts to happen is that if you go out to that parking lot sale and you're just putting boots on and there's nobody really there to help you. A nine out of 10, you know, chances you're going to make a mistake. Like you got a 90% failure rate in that environment because you're going to just keep putting boots on until it feels like a shoe. And mm-hmm. you think it's snug, but it's really not <clears> snug <throat> enough to do, to, to, generate the control you need for for mastering the sport, right? To be able to feel like you can make things happen underneath your feet.
2: I think the bottom line is it comes down to the environment that you're looking to spend time in to buy your ski boot. If you walk into a shop and they don't ask you to take off your shoes, probably take off your socks, take multiple measurements, do a digital scan if they have that tooling, uh, understand the mechanics of your feet, manipulate your feet into a couple of different positions and understand the arch, the width, the heel width, uh, the instep height, um, all of these aspects, then they're going to make a recommendation to you of a boot. That's going to fit your foot. They're going to, they're going to move you in that direction. The biggest problem I see that we face is brand bias. People get affected by the back cover of whatever magazine powder magazine, which unfortunately no longer exists, but ski skiing, whatever. They're affected by advertising. They're affected by the recommendation from their buddy. Oh, these are great boots. You'll love them. Well, your buddy doesn't ski with your feet. You know, you want somebody, you want an expert to give you an opinion about what's going to work and you want to if you're working with a shop that doesn't right off the bat talk to you about a footbed to stabilize your foot inside the boot, you're you're in the wrong shop. You're guessing. Yeah. You're you are just guessing at what you're going to get and how that's going to function for you.
0: Well, Danny, you just brought up a good point. You said digital scanning, and that's, you know, that's a tool we didn't have many years ago, 3D scanning, right? I think the shops mm-hmm. that, in, that are bringing 3D scanning into their environment are really upping their game to improve not only the customer service, but the customer information, Um 3D scanning, mm-hmm. I think, really, really delivers a much more equal and uh, a, pro- a product and a service to the customer that they can really see and see accurately what their foot, in terms of the not only the length and the width, but the volume of their foot and how it matches to a ski boot shell properly. Um, you know, like in the past, you you got a you had a shop employee or, or a shop guy who was really into like downsizing. You know, if you got that guy, you got a really tight fit, but then you got somebody else and they were just like, no, you want her super relaxed. I mean, digital, digital and 3d scanning now kind of equalizes the outcome, right? I mean, you can't cheat the scanner technically. I mean, Mm -hmm. those, those scanners are going to tell you exactly what you got. And you're kind of bound to that information to say, yeah, I could interpret it, but you're bound to, you know, providing that information to the customer and saying, this is what the scanner says, this is what I agree with, so let's start there.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. So your, your boot fitters, uh, you know, I run into occasionally kind of like hate the idea of scanning. They think they can see with their their superpower eyes what's going on. And, you know, you look at typically women, you look at a woman's foot and you go, my God, she's got a wide foot, but then when you when you put measurements to it, it's not a wide foot. It's a narrow foot and a really narrow heel and ankle. Mm-hmm. And it's just you know without measurements, you know that the scanner gives you or proper measurements, you know you don't have that perspective. You know it's like looking at someone out in the middle of a the field. They look very tall, but you have no idea how tall they are mm-hmm. until you put until you measure them, yeah. right? Yeah. You know.
2: We yeah. were having this conversation at, at the training we had in Salt Lake City last week. We had about twenty five people there and yeah and you know I was I was admitting, hey, twenty percent of the time and I've been doing this forty plus years, twenty percent of the time, I look at a foot and I make an assessment of what that foot is and by the time I pull out a tape or the time I pull off a digital scan, I am surprised to find out where and how I'm wrong on my assessment of that foot. And just in terms of how it visually looked, because there's any number of things in a presentation from a person that can can skew you off, like the, the fungus of a toenail, the size of a calf, a tattoo that's placed somewhere. I mean, anything can send you to a little bit different interpretation of what exactly you're looking at. So pulling out a tape and making measurements or putting it onto a digital scanner gives you the more accurate information because the visual yeah, and, presentation and I, isn't always that accurate.
1: Yeah, and I tell, I tell people that a lot of women – are plagued with bunions, although guys have it too. You know, just because you have a bunion doesn't make you a triple E foot or a wide foot. You know, th- this can be a- easily accommodated by stretching a boot properly. You know, you have a narrow foot with a big old bunion that adds, you know, a centimeter to your foot, throws you into the wide category, but you certainly don't have a wide foot. And you, know, you have this narrow heel and ankle. We put you in a, a K2 BFC. Not that I have a problem with that boot. We, we do sell those to the correct people where I work at, um, but doesn't put you in a BFC, you know. And when you go to these shops and the BFC, they, they tell me, oh, yeah, the BF, K2 BFC is my best-selling boot, you know, this 102 large volume boot. That tells me, you know, that shop's not doing their due diligence. Right. <laughs> no.
2: What does that BFC stand for again? Um, <laughs> it could be uh,
1: something comfort but it could Careful. be something else something like fitting fitting like the box it came in is that the you know i i mean actually you know that boot still has some heel control and it's it's a great boot I've, I've sold several of them this year it's a good tool in your toolbox but if that's your number one selling boot
2: you got some problems that's that's yeah i mean it it it, it designed for us specific... with.
1: you know we see it's designed for 10 of the population yeah, we, we see
0: that in a lot of shops right mm-hmm. like not, I mean, we don't want to single out that that shops make mistakes, but we do see that in that category of a wider fit, it's a very popular, um, a very popular boot last, right? One hundred and two is a wide last, and we're considered HV, right? And you see so many people come through the door who buy into these wider fitting boots when they don't. There's there's no reason for them to be in. And it's because one, it's the path of least resistance, right? That bunion <clears throat> is not being taken care of by the discussion of saying, "Hey, I've got tools to contour that." Um, it's not going going through the discussion of, "Hey, your rear foot is so much, is where the control all needs to be, um, and therefore we're going to fit your rear foot and expand the forefoot." It's just that these boots tend to get yeah. out there and become popular among. Skiers because they're the path of least resistance. It's just like boom. Oh, if it, it fit my foot because it let my foot spread out all over the place. But then when you really start to put a magnifying glass on their skiing, it's not great, right? I mean, I'm you, know, you could become a great skier in a wide fitting boot, but if you put a magnifying glass on it, you're going to start seeing that there's there's flaws, right? There's there's issues with how they're edging and controlling and keeping their center mass forward and it's all because their boot isn't really the right size it's not the right last you're not getting the ultimate connection to your ski your ski and your ability when you buy into something that doesn't challenge you a little bit in terms of that uh that fit and feel like for me and you know my own personal thing if if that boot doesn't poke and prod me when I put it on right like the the all sort you know like half a dozen spots where I go ooh, that's pretty damn tight that's not really where where I like to go with my fit I, I I want that boot to go on and challenge my foot a bit so I know that I can push it out in places and contour it so it's you know it's like a perfect reflection of how my foot is inside a shell and when I get it that way I mean, any, everything, every movement I make translates to that ski, and it makes me a better skier, even though I'm getting old, but it still makes me a better skier. So uh, I think people sell themselves short a little bit. Well,
2: some, sometimes the, the – go ahead. Yeah. So sometimes the yellow-fitting boot is, is part of the necessary progression of a skier. I mean, uh, when you get to the point where you are starting to ask – for more performance, and I don't care what the category is, pick an athletic activity, but when you when you start to really lean on your equipment to ask it to do more, and that's when your equipment is lacking, particularly in ski, it's because you can't get the feedback through the boot that you need. And so the conversation you want to have with that customer is, you know, where do you want to go with your skiing? And if you're looking for more performance, you, you need to allow a boot fitter to customize your boot to fit your foot because it's a it's a rare situation where your foot's just going to slide into a boot and you're going to get all the performance you need. If you're not making a footbed or not using a drop-in foot that's appropriate and you're not getting the boot as close to your foot as you can, and that, that is ultimately the goal, the goal is to get the shell of the boot as close to your foot as you can possibly get it without causing pain, right? And if that is the situation you find yourself in, that's where you're going to get the most feedback and the most input and the most feel for your skiing. If we put you in a boot that's too big and we start to pad it to make it feel tighter, that padding can give you a nice, warm, snug feeling, but it's insulating you from the boot. It's insulating you from your ski. It's taking away feel, right? So the goal is generally to move people into a smaller shell, and that's a whole psychological conversation because a lot of people are just not ready to have it. But if you can get them over that hurdle, they almost always come back and praise the job you did.
1: Agreed. It's like tugging on a wetsuit. You know, it's going to – when you first put it on, you know, it's a little tight, and then you got to whittle around a little bit, maybe suck in <laughs> your gut some, and then, uh, you know, then we can get it to fit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, initially, if it fits loose and comfy, it's going to be too big. You're going to be flopping around. I mean, sometimes, you know, we, we I work at the resort – so sometimes I have to dumb it down for some of our uh, new customers. We we are actually seeing a bunch of people that are first time skiers. They've rented before um, and now they're buying their first ski boot. And I'll tell them, you know, hey, you, you might be like a little bit uncomfortable with the snugness I want to give you. And if, if you're not good with it, that's OK. Ski boots, you know, three to five years, 120 days of skiing. You know, if we don't get it 100% right this time, it's a little slack. I understand you're uncomfortable with it. You know, next time, don't be surprised if we drop down a shell size or a last width. And, uh, you know, we should also talk about, you know, with the last width widths, um, the wider the boot is, the wider the heel and ankle is, the higher it is over the instep typically. Not with all brands, though. There are some brands that uh, deviate from that, From but for the most part, the wider the boot, the roomier is in the rear foot, so we really need to fit the rear foot and allow for uh, some expansion or stretching via heat molding or using our tools to capture sure. the rear foot. You know, and I like to tell customers, you know, with especially with unusual feet, narrow heels, wide forefoot, you know, nothing's going to fit you perfectly out of the box. You know, you can't just grab a boot off the shelf, put it on, and it's going to be
0: perfect. Sure, but you also got to give the boot uh, a chance, right? So if you drop into a boot yeah, you got and a it chance. feels really snug and tight, you got to give it five, ten minutes of standing and flexing and getting the heel sure. back. And that's where a lot of customers don't, you know, they it's just like, whoa, that's, it's too tight, it's too tight. No, 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 no. You got to give it, you know, buckle that thing down and get the heel back and flex it and, and move in that boot and give it, some time for that padding to open up. It will. I mean, every boot I've tried on, man, the first two minutes, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then five minutes later, it's like, ooh, that's actually getting better. And then 10 minutes, like, you know what? I think I can live with this. A couple little spots I got to massage out. But that first 30 seconds, that's the steepest hill to climb right there. First 30 seconds, super steep, you know? And you've got to give it a chance. And yeah, if it, 10 minutes later, you're totally numb, yeah, okay, not your rig. It you know, the boot didn't choose you as mm-hmm. per Dana, right? Like that you need to take yeah. it off and and find Absolutely. another one that that might choose you better. But you got to give the boot a chance, right? You can't just say, "Nope, nope, nope, too mm-hmm. tight. Oh, nope, it hits me here." It's like you got to let the padding move out of the way.
1: Mhm.
2: Well, that whole concept of letting the boot choose you—you uh, know—we we talk about it internally, uh, and it's it's a concept. I mean, everybody's got a marketing budget. Everybody has market share. The brands with the most market share get get the most attention. But you know, Montebelluna, Italy—you've been there, I've been there. It's it's where virtually every ski boot on the wall in every ski shop is made. Um, you know, there are no secrets in that town. It's not a, it's not a big town. It's about 35,000, 40,000 people. Uh, people work in multiple factories. You might do the night shifts at Nordican, the day shifts at Lang. There's no secrets. And, you know, the biggest the biggest concept that's hard for, for the consumer is to understand boots are on par. There is complete parity that, you know, you may be using different materials in your shells or in your liners, or you may have heat molded liners. But you have all that available to you. And as a manufacturer, you're making choices about how you're going to use those materials. And they're all equally good, right? The only differentiating factor between any of the brands really is fit. So when you come to the shop, don't be hung up on, unless you have a long history. If you lived your life in Langs and you love them, great. You're going to stay in a Lang. You lived your life in Technica. And you love them, you're gonna stay with Technica. You know, when we talk to customers about their street shoes and their, or their running shoes, and you, and you talk to them and say, well, you know, Adidas fits different than Nike or Brooks, and they just nod and go, oh, absolutely. But then they don't even associate that same difference between the brands on the wall that are ski boots, and there's so much more structure in a ski boot. Yes, of course they fit differently. So we're looking to find the shell that matches your foot the best. And then work it to make it be the best fit you ever had.
1: So, if you were a customer, yeah, I, I love it, when I go to a shop and I hear someone yeah. selling a boot, and they go, "Well, I ski in this, I ski in that," and you know, I, I like these brands, and I w- almost want to slide up and give them like a little <laughs>
2: on the side of the head. My buddy skis in technical. Well, so what? You're not. You don't use your
1: yeah, buddy's. To your, to your point, you know, these are all all good brands. They all have different virtues you know as a boot fitter in a shop you know i make it a point and we all do to try all the boots on because you know out of the low volume boots they're they're the lowest volume boots out there like you know really like vice grip kind of tight low volume boots and then there are low volume boots that are a little bit more relaxed and then you got your mv boots and your hv boots some of the hv boots are big bucket boots you know where you could drop your foot in you could drop this huge Round foot in there, and it would hold it. And then you have other HV boots that are a little bit more tailored and have a little bit more heel contact, and a little more contour. Uh, but you know, I I, 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 it always turns me off when I hear shop people throwing their their own like, oh yeah, I use this boot. This is great. It's great for everyone. Yeah.
0: But mm-hmm. what what would you give a customer as as the you know number one piece of advice, like? You're you're you know put the shoe on the other foot like live in their shoes. What would you recommend they do first in terms of trying to figure out the conundrum of all the different LV MV HV? Right, where would you want to begin if you're a customer?
2: Well, okay, I think my my advice would be I'm going to turn it around. Just like I said, if you walk into my shop and say, "Can I try this on in a 27?" I'm going to say, "No." I said politely, but then we're gonna have a dialogue. If you walk into a shop and you ask them to try on a boot and they just go get the boot, find another shop. Because if they're not interested enough in you as a customer to talk to you about your foot, want to examine your foot and let you know which last category that you're gonna go into and then which opportunities they have in terms of their retail selection, then you're you in a boot slinger. This, this, is a, this is a mass merchant. They want this transaction to take 30 minutes. And they want you out the door and it doesn't mean they're doing you a disservice they're just selling stuff okay boot fitting is something different if you you can get a you can get a a suit off the rack at nordstrom and nordstrom is a great retailer but you can go to a tailor and you can get a tailored suit and it's a different thing altogether and that takes time and effort and that's going to somebody who understands the materials he's working with and how to make that thing work well for you so the bottom line is if you don't get shell fit if they don't if they don't ask you to take off your shoes and socks if they don't palpate your foot if they don't manipulate your foot if they don't move it into a neutral position so they can examine the arch to understand what kind of footbed they're going to put under your foot even if it's a drop-in or if it's custom because there is no good footbed in any production ski boot not one I don't care if it's a $399 entry-level boot or it's a $1,000 race boot. The irony is the $1,000 race boot has the shittiest, oops, sorry about that, has the worst footbed of all, right? And that's because that manufacturer making that $1,000 boot absolutely understands that the candidate to buy this boot knows he needs a good footbed. If you're not having that conversation before you even put a, put a boot on, you're not going to get boot fit. You're going to buy a boot. And yeah. that's the difference.
1: Yeah. Full, full measurements, you, you know, if you go into a shop and they're not, you know, they ask you, I mean, some shops will even ask you what size, what size do you want to try on? Right. I mean, those are bad shops, but if, if they're not taking the full, you know, length, width, and especially rear foot measurements, that's my big pet peeve, rear foot measurements. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people show up at our door uh, up in Sugarbush, you know, they bought a boot somewhere. They're skiing along, and all of a sudden, they're starting to wiggle in the boot. And they go, yeah, I got a wide foot. And they're like, yeah, and you're in an HV boot. You have a wide foot, but your ankle and heel and every rear foot, it's, like, totally skinny. This was not the right boot for you. They should have, you know, taken advantage of custom shell, put you in a lower volume boot to capture your rear foot. You got to satisfy the rear foot to get a good fit. And then it's, it's easy to make a boot wider it's much more difficult to reduce volume and start adding pads, especially it's it's a sin with the brand new boot to have to, you know, take up all the space around the foot and try to contain the foot in a boot that has too much volume. And it's never going to ski well. Yeah. So if you go into a shop and they're not taking rear foot measurements as well as length and width and, you know, maybe other additional things that are nice like range of motion, you know, and uh, arch type and, you know, other important things, but if they don't get those three basics down, run. Sure.
0: I mean, yeah. I recommend, you know, customers do the following. One, do some basic research about boots in general, right? Understand that there are lower volume, there's mid-volume, and H, uh, higher volume fits out there. Um, you know, learn a little bit about boots, right? Know maybe what the category you're looking for, Um you know, just get a little basic information. Then, you know, look at getting in with a professional boot fitter or shop that has um, top end or good reputation fitters and make an appointment with them to sit down and go through some of your curiosities, right? You're like, oh, I heard about these boots that can go in the backcountry and you can clip them into special bindings and then you can use them in the resort you know, side country or hybrid boots, or maybe you want to carve, you know, you just stay on the groomers. I mean, learn a little bit about your, you what you prefer and, and what boots are out there. And then work with a professional boot fitter to get the right, the right sizing, you know, properly measured. And then, you know, try on boots, uh, you know, spend some time trying on some boots to educate yourself, right? Um, and then be willing to pay for that right? Um, the days of just walking into a shop and they had a whole bunch of boots and you just get to spend two hours trying stuff on and kind of burning up the shop's time. Um, that's kind of over with. Um, I think a lot of shops are now implementing these procedures like, Hey, you're either here to move forward. We're going to go through the process, move forward and purchase something today, or at least kind of put something aside. Um, or if you're just using our time um, to kind of shop us or get information, then you need to pay for that. And and that's that's kind of the new era is that you know the tooling that a lot of um, a lot of shops have invested in and education, right? I mean, the education when I started in 1979, right? The education was free. Like you walked in a shop and you learned from the, the guy who was there two years before and so you just picked up all the bad habits and the good habits but like now we as boot fitters actually go to seminars and classes and we pay for that and um you know we invest in it so like there has to be return on investment so all this information that shops a garner right They, they they put this together um there has to be some sort of compensation out there for that so like if you work with a fitter be willing to, you know, say, hey, you know, I'd like to pay you for your time to help sort this out, and then, of course, it'd be great if you purchase from them. But you may not, you know, may not find the right brand or the right model there. But you, you probably should start with with somebody who's got a deep knowledge of these products first, and then, you know, set your course of action from there on. <clears throat>
2: Well, you 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 said put your put yourself in the consumer's shoes, and um, you know every region of the country has mass retailers. Okay, Bob Ward's, REI, you name it. They're they're all over the country, um, and they provide a service. and And I'm not denigrating them; they're good retailers. They 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 represent great products. And if you're buying, uh, running shoes or, or a parka or a down vest or a cooler for your kayak or whatever. I mean, they've, they've got good equipment and good good brands, but they don't pay people who are, who are being even allowed by management to take dedicated time to focus on fitting you into a boot. It's like, yes, our boots are over here. What size do you think you are? Oh, here's that size for you. Let me know if you need any help. And that is just not, you're not going to get served uh, in any meaningful way in that environment if you call a shop to understand or to find out what what their policies are for fitting boots and they tell you they work on an, an appointment basis like you do and like i do then you're moving in the right direction make that appointment come in get a foot assessment we, we only charge about 50 bucks for me to sit with you for half an hour and tell you about your foot and that's not even putting a, a boot on your foot that's telling you of the boots that are out there in the marketplace what are the directions that you would go? And because we are primarily a backcountry shop, I get a tremendous amount of, of my appointments There, people are looking to buy Alpine boots. And I'll say, okay, I, I'm not stocking many of these Alpine products. I'm pre- predominantly backcountry, but I can direct you towards these two brands and these last widths, and go try those on and let me know what you think. And then if you want to bring it back to me for a footbed and me to fit it, great. But the bottom line is you want to understand that you're working truly with a professional to begin with, if you have significant foot problems or if you are looking to really improve your skiing. Because when you start to ask for the performance out of a boot that has been marginally fit, you are not going to get the feedback. You're just not okay. going to get it.
0: It's, a, it's pretty a low-cost investment if you really think about it in terms of when you make a mistake on a boot, Right. You go in, you bought it on the internet, you used it, you can't return it, the parking lot sale. I don't care what you spend $299, $399, $400, $500, $600. I mean, once you use it, it's kind of yours. And, you know, that 50 bucks you spent could have got you right off in the right direction as opposed to what I see is people go out, they spend for a pair of boots, it's the wrong boot. They can't. It's difficult to resell. You never get your money back. You've wasted the time, right? You you could have spent like a half a season skiing on the wrong boot until you realized it. And now it's time to then reinvest, right? So making a small investment up front to get the right information, I think, pays dividends, huge dividends, as opposed to just throwing darts, you know, like at a wall. And which, which dart hits which boot and which size, right?
2: If you come and see me and we spend 45 minutes looking at your feet, making measurements, understanding what your foot is about, I'm going to recommend out of possibly 8 or 9 boots I have in the shop in your size, two boots, probably, yeah. and they're going to be very close to the proper boots for you. It's it's very rare that we move outside that loop. And if you're coming to me and we're doing a foot assess and it's you're looking for alpine boots and I'm not stocking those boots, I will definitely help you say this is the boot you want to be looking for. These are a couple of retailers that can sell that boot. Go try it on. Let me let me know what you think. If you want them to fit it, great. If you want, want to come back and pay me to fit it, I'll be happy to do it. But that effort and that time spent will get you a result. You're going to be happy with for three or four years as a skier versus an investment. You're going to make the same amount of money and you're going to hate that boot by next season and be looking to start, start the whole process again.
1: Yeah. Again, you should be able to nail the proper boot, you know, once you qualify the customer and, you know, talk about their wants and needs. And obviously early on in the conversation, you have to have, you have to understand whether they're touring or downhill skiing because there's that element now, nowadays too, right? A lot of people want uh, equipment that can go uphill as well as downhill or they might be looking for touring equipment. But once you figure that out and qualify the customer, you know, you, you should be able to present two or three boots confidently once you get the correct measurements and uh, you know, if you're dealing with someone who's pulling out three, four, five, six, seven, eight boots, uh, that might be an indication that, uh, you know, that's not your fitter and today's not the day.
2: Well, ultimately they're not really, they're not really interested in the result. They're interested in the cash sale period. And they're yeah, going to just and, pull and boots and out. Again, so you pull out your wallet and let it go.
1: It's unlikely for most people that something's gonna fit them perfectly out of the box. If something fits you perfectly out of the box, I would be worried about that too. Cause you know, a lot of times if people are in a slightly more voluminous boot that then is actually good for them, they're gonna go, wow, this feels great, I'll take it, right? So I always warn boot fitters about this. If you put people into a slightly slack fitting boot, there's a big danger they're gonna take it. So great, you got the, you got the sale, the money's in the cash register, they go out and they go skiing, and after the boot breaks in, they're flopping around, and then the boot comes back at you, perhaps. Or, persons, you know, person needs shims. They need padding. Uh, you know, they're not in the correct boot fitting boot. You know, it's having a little bit of uh, what we call Brent and I call fit tension, right around the foot, that looks slightly snugger fit, like you would have with hockey skates, rollerblades, any rock climbing shoes you know, is what you want to go with for alpine ski boots. And it's always easier to make a little bit more room than uh, than not. With the exception of what I would consider like no-go areas, if you have this crushing pain over the top of your foot, you know, maybe it's not the right boot yeah. for you, right? That's one of our uh, areas that we're going to talk about. Sure. Right?
0: And and the other thing is I think people should be careful about hype, great. Right. Um, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff on YouTube and there's a lot of information and in gear reviews and everybody's got kind of their opinion. Um, you know, there's a lot of experts out there or you know, there maybe, and there's a lot of, you know, manufacturers who put out information in magazines and things, and things like that and different types of social media and, and also your friends, right? Oh, I ski in this brand. It's the best brand ever. Um, I think people should know that there are no bad brands, right? The, the 70s and 80s did a great job of filtering out manufacturers that couldn't, you know, they just couldn't make it, and they're dead and they're gone. I mean, really, the industry is full of just legacy brands now um, that all make a really good product, and you should open up your mind a bit and say, hey, I want to try on what will fit me, not my buddy skis in X and X." or i've heard this brand is the best brand therefore i want that brand right it's it doesn't work that way it's you know people go what's the best boot out there and the answer is the boot that fits right i don't care what color it is i don't mm-hmm. care what brand name it is i don't i don't care what the price is it's the one that mates your foot the best where a fitter can take it and make it work uh properly and perfectly and that's that's your rig right it's not about you know whether it won an award right whether it's the coolest thing they've come out this season um it's really about how you connect with it and that's going to be the best choice for you
2: well I mean sports marketing is is geared that way you know I don't care if it's golf clubs or tennis rackets or what it is, is a lot of money spent to buy better athletes, to get a word of mouth, to, to create something. Why is Ping or tailor-made or whatever in the golf market considered to be better? When you can grip any of those clubs pretty close to the same, you can have a custom grip put onto a club for almost, you know, I don't know, 20 bucks and, and replicate that grip. And you know every manufacturer knows what every other manufacturer is doing. So the, the parity in terms of performance is gonna be pretty much there. So, that ultimately is the hype. You know, how you hold a tennis racket, how you told him to hold a golf club, that is in, in, inconsequential compared to how does this boot hold your foot, right? I mean, the, the, the degree of control that that boot has is vastly more. And so, if you want to get satisfaction out of that, you have to let brand go. And find what is actually fitting your yeah. foot the best, and that's that's going yeah. to see an experienced boot fitter. Period. But Something speaking of really boot design,
1: you. right? We should also talk about boot designs. You know, when people are looking for boots, uh, you know, Nordica has got a rear entry boot, and a couple other companies have rear entry boots. Now, unfortunately, Nordica has just gone after the, uh, the the high volume foot, but there are a lot of people that would benefit from that boot because of. You know, the fact that they they don't have ankle ankle flexion, right, and they're having a problem getting into a ski boot, you know, there's now there's this rear entry boot out there, which is kind of a godsend. You know, you get the last few years of your skiing career out of there because you're able to get into the boot. That's one of the designs that's out there. You also have uh, Apex and Dahu soft boots, again, easier to get into for people with special needs, right? Like the HF people, they want to go skiing. You have to be able to put your boots on and go out there. There's also three-piece shell boots, right, that are easier to get into. And some of your uh, freestyle competitors get gravitate towards those because of the benefits of those boots. So, Brent, you want to talk about some of the virtues of these, uh, you know, kind of like less uh, – I don't know if they're less popular, they're less uh, – What's the word I'm looking for? Well, they're for?
0: peripheral, right? They live on the periphery a bit, um, oh, and so exactly. you know, right now skiing is probably the e- easiest access it's ever had, right? I mean, almost every possible design is out there. Uh, that, I mean, you got the standard two-piece design, and that's 85 percent of the of what's out there, but then you've got cabrio three-piece designs that basically take a, you know a design from the nineteen early 1980s and offers a different take on how a ski boot works and functions and there are many people who function better in those three-piece cabrio designs um, and then you start getting into the peripherals
1: what? Sorry jumping in three-piece design just for people because we don't have a visual here would be like your right flex yeah. on we'll
0: K2 of
2: of yeah, Bello
1: Krypton series yeah.
0: Um, you know, Rox has got a, a three-piece design. I mean, there's, there's a, quite a few manufacturers that provide. There's a lot of your touring boots are three-piece designs. Uh, so they're essentially an external tongue that goes over the top of the boot that that buckles down. Uh, but the peripheral designs like Dehu and, and Apex give people an all-new option, um, a lever of comfort and convenience. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, they're they're, they're geared performance but there are good skiers who ski in these these products, and then Nordica came, Nordica came back in Atomic with a rear entry boot that had been missing for many many years, and are offering a easy entry, uh, comfort driven product that gets people back into skiing or just having some fun out there without going through all the rigmarole of of you know buckling and. Getting in and out of the boot and their expectations of performance are pretty low. But if you want to participate in the sport now, there are more choices than ever than there were 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. There's a lot more selection out there.